So welcome to Catch Up with myself, Sean, and today I'm joined by Kevin Marshall. How are you doing, Kev? Yeah, I'm good, Sean. Thanks, mate. How are you? Good. Obviously, I've asked you to join us today to have a wee bit of a chat about the East of Scotland Premier League and, and sort of how their season's faring up. You're, you're obviously getting around uh, quite a few games yourself, all over, sort of Fife, and uh, it'd be interesting to get some of your thoughts Yep, that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm up for that. Yep. If we dive right into it and we have a look at how the East of Scotland Premier League are looking at the moment, it's, it's sort of looking like there's a bit of a gap starting to, to be made with, with Bowness and Hillebeath Hawthorne at the, the top. How do you think those two are faring this season? what you've seen yeah well I, I, I've seen uh, I've seen a wee bit of Hillebeath uh, this season that's kind of one of the my my default teams if, if Kelty are away I'll, I'll always go down there um, and I've seen Bonus a couple of times and I have to say I've been impressed with them both times I've seen them uh, it was both of them were in Fife uh, they came over right early on in the season um, and to, to Crossgates and they gave them a bit of a hammer to be honest and then the other time was at Hillebeath, which was a really good game. Um, finished 2-1 to, to Bowness, um, although the Hawes had taken the lead um, in the first half. So I, I think, um, ah, you're right, the, the, the two of them seem to be uh, the teams to beat. I don't think Trenent are um, are too far behind, but I did see Trenent um, just a couple of weeks ago up at Perth at Genefield. And um, I don't know, they, they just looked a wee bit... Um, a wee bit flat. If I'm honest, I think they maybe they looked like they were panicking a wee bit. You know what it's like at these games. You're you're standing pretty close to the park, and you can hear a lot of what's being said. And I, I just felt they uh, they seemed off the edgy, if that's maybe the right word. So I I would certainly think um, I, I don't think any of the top sort of four or five are are out of it yet, but. You've got to say Bonus and, and Hillebeath are the pace setters just now. Trenent are sitting third at the moment. Um, I think they're, they're a good 11-12 uh, points off of Bonus uh, with a game in hand. But across the whole, you know, the rest of the season, there's still 11 games to be played within that league. Um, and, you know, we've seen it. I'm sure we've both seen it with, with East of Scotland teams where when you get to sort of the business end of the league, there's a lot of cup games in there as well, and um, sometimes that can be a bit detrimental to the more successful teams because, you know, they're playing, you know, two, sometimes three games in a week towards the end of the season, which, you know, that can open up opportunities for your Trenents and your Broxburns to, to make a wee bit of a, a push towards the end of the season. So I definitely wouldn't write anybody off at the moment, but, yeah, those are the two teams that, at the moment, they're starting to create a bit of a, a gap. However... Having a look at the the recent fixtures, I think both sides are coming off of um, sort of disappointing results in the league. Because if I remember right, Bonus they lost away to to Whitehill, which was a bit of a, a surprise in the league there, right before they they had that big game against Bonnie the Gross. Because Whitehill, a team that was struggling a little bit at the bottom there, I think everybody was expecting Bonus to to win in that one and. And yeah, White Whitehill showed that it's still a very competitive league. I mean, it, it does show you can you can still throw up um, some some strange results from time to time. It, it is sometimes a wee bit misleading looking at the league when when you look at how many uh, games in hand some of the teams have got. Um, so I, I think uh, Bonus have probably played. Um, so I so they they've played more games than all the teams around about them. So Hillebeath there got three three games in hand. So it's always one of the things I probably say it every time I come on this pod. It's um it's always difficult. Would you rather have the games in hand or would you rather have the the points on the board? 
Um, and I, I think at this time of the season, you've got to say, if you're bonus, you'd, you'd rather have the points in the bag. Because uh, as you said, the, the, the fixtures can can start to pile up as, as we get near to the um, the climax of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And Hillebeath, uh, I don't have any numbers down, but I know they're still in quite a few cup competitions. Uh, we're recording this, obviously, on Tuesday, and the, the Football Nations Qualifying Cup gets get strong later on this evening as well. So um, their schedule is going to be pretty heavy as the season goes on. So uh, I think that's a side that's definitely going to be set. You know, Bones are going to be a side that are sitting there quite quite happy that they've got the lead and they've they've already already managed to get 19 of their their games out already already out of the way for for the season so as we sort of look to how the Lowland League could shape up next season if we were to take into consideration the two of these two sides how do you think they're fair we've obviously seen Kelly Hearts make the the jump and then more recently Bonnie Rig Rose both sides currently sitting first and second in the in the Lowland League how do you think these two teams would fare if they were to make that jump? I, I did have a wee look at um, just general um, East of Scotland teams against Lowland League teams from this season's cup competitions. So when you when you looked down the list, uh, I think in, in most instances the Lowland League team has won, but most of the time it's you know it's quite a tight. It's not like anybody's had a had a real doing from a Lowland League team or anything like that. Um, Trinent beat um, Berwick Rangers uh, in the Cup. Um, I think Bones only lost it to BSC Glasgow in extra time. You know, they're, Berwick Rangers uh, maybe no too much a surprise because they are struggling in the Lowland League. But BSC are one of the, you know, they're one of the, the top sides in that league. And um, like I say, it took them an extra time to beat Bones. So I think just generally, when you looked in there, there's no huge disparity in scores um, in the cup competitions. And I know the cup competitions, obviously, it's a one-off and things like that. But you look at how well Kelty and, and Bonnie Rig have settled into that league and... Um, I think they've injected a wee bit of energy and a wee bit of, uh, I don't know, comp- competitive spirit or something like that in, into the Lowland League. So I think that they, they have kind of freshened things up a wee bit. And I don't see any reason why any of the teams that are coming up from the, the top half of the, the East of Scotland couldn't do the same thing. Maybe not to the same extent, um, but I certainly don't think they would disgrace themselves um, either of the teams that we've talked about there would uh, would embarrass themselves in the Lowland League by any stretch of the imagination. No, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think um, we're going to see the the Lowland League go for strength to strength with a handful of these teams getting added. I mean, you were mentioning about cup ties there and one offs. I, I, I like I say, I don't have any figures to hand, but if I remember right, I think Penny Cook have had a, a fair bit of success against Lowland League sides in cup competitions. I think they. They beat Cumbernauld in the cup, and I'm sure they they had a bit of success against someone else as well. And they're sitting sort of mid table at the moment in that that East Scotland Premier League. So there's definitely a few sides within here that that could probably add something to the Lowland League over the next couple of seasons. I was just going to say, if if you look at it, the only team that's that's probably had a bit of a doing has been Crossgates got beat four 0 by by Cali Braves. But I mean, as we've said already, Cali Braves are are uh, are near the top of that league as well. So, I think that they have generally fared quite well, but just now, um, in a few weeks' time, we've got East Kilbride versus Camelin, which again, they're both teams that are towards the, the top half of their, 
their respective leagues. So I think that one there might be quite a good um, quite a good yardstick, if you like, of of how an East of Scotland team might fare um, in in the Lowland League. It'll be a good indicator of where the, where, the, where the gap is just now. It's uh, East Kilbride are still a very good uh, team within the the Lowland League, and and Camelon, like you say, they're they're a team that are on a better stride. On the flip side, can it, you know teams that could make that that jump up into the the Lowland League. We've got a few sides that are sort of in a better relegation battle in the the Lowland League at the moment with um, Gretna, Dalby Star, Edinburgh Uni. And Vale Leithen sort of all hovering around about the relegation zone. Um, we obviously saw Whitehill drop down last season, and they've, you know, they didn't have the best start to the season. They've started to pick up a few points now, but how do you think those those sides are fair? Obviously, Dalby Star will drop into the the south of Scotland, but my understanding is Gretna, Edinburgh Uni, or Vale would drop down in the east of Scotland. How do you think they would fare in the in a, a very competitive Premier League down there? Well, again, it's it's you know. For for quite a few seasons, there there wasn't any relegation from the Lowland League, as such. So it tends to tends to get a wee bit stale at the bottom of the league when when you've got something like that. And um, I, I think if any of those sides that we talked about were, were dropping into the the East of Scotland League, they probably would struggle because you know it's they're, they're obviously short on confidence none of the sides there have got any more than a couple of wins under their belt all season long and and it's it's difficult to to just suddenly turn that around you know we're in the higher leagues you're, you you talk about yo-yo clubs sometimes that, that are always you know dropping down a league and then winning that league and going back getting promoted the next season but i think when you're when you're Confidence is as low as it is. Obviously, with with your Dalbeaties and your your Vale Leithens and, and sides like that, it's it's really difficult to just turn that around um, by by dropping it in, into another league, especially when that other league is really competitive. So, I I would I would fear for any of these sides dropping in there just now. And you mentioned it yourself about um, about White Hill and and how we've seen them struggle really to adapt to the. Um, to the East of Scotland Premier League, so I think there's enough quality in that East of Scotland Premier League to to cause any of those sides any trouble if they were to um, uh, if they were to drop down. We've seen it with the the Lowland League, and you also see it with the East of Scotland Premier, and even the the first divisions, uh, the two conferences below that. They're you know great leagues to watch week in week out, and some really good teams in there. So you've got to think maybe for some of your sides, um, you know that are kind of hovering year in, year out around the bottom of the loan league, that for them to drop down into a league where they can be competitive, it's got to be better for their players to build that confidence. It's got to be better for the fans. And likewise, to see some of the sides that are consistently up near the top of the East of Scotland, to see them jump up in the loan league and make the loan league more competitive, it's only going to be a good thing for football across the board, to be honest, because yeah, you don't want to be a, a, a single available leaving because they're sitting at the bottom of the league, but... You don't want you don't want to be a Vale leader that's getting you know beaten quite heavily week in week out. You want to go down into a league where you can you can compete and build up a bit of you know a bit of strength and a bit of momentum, I suppose. So I think it can only be a good thing. Big hammerings week in and week out can it be good for for the club as and as a whole. You know the the whole atmosphere around the place is bound to be has uh, been be quite depressing, really. So, I, you're right there. If if you are able to drop down and and adapt, then I absolutely I think it does 
uh, probably give the the whole club a lift. But I mean, I've consciously made made the effort to try and go to to some of the uh, the conference um, games as well. And and you know, again, round about my local area, and some of the teams that I've seen there, um, you know, St Andrews, Canoe, Burnt Island, Glenrothes. They, these are all sides that I think on their day they're all pretty capable and the only difference really that I can see between between them and you know the lower half of the Premier League is just the consistency um, I, I've seen I've seen enough quality there to think that they, they're good enough to get the odd result now and again it's just being able to string that together um, that, that they probably struggle with but I mean certainly Glen Rothis are, are one of the, the new sides in, uh, in the the east of Scotland this season. And I have to say, I was really impressed with them. I've only seen them once, I think, uh, this season. But I was really impressed with, with some of the quality that they, they had on display that day. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've um, I've not been to see any of the first division stuff, but I've been down to see a couple of the games in the east of Scotland Premier. And it's, yeah, it's just as interesting and competitive as watching a, a game in the Lowland League. Uh, no doubt about it. Out of the games, you know, the teams that you've watched this season, is there any any teams in particular that have, have sort of caught your eye in and around the, the two East of Scotland leagues? Um, well, like I say, it's uh, the, the top half of the the Premier is probably where the, the quality sides are. Um, I've probably said that a few times. I, I really like going to watch Genefield. Um, the, you know, it's a cracking wee set up there and they, they have got a decent side. Um, that you know they, they play a bit of football and and I sometimes they they're, um, they maybe let results slip away for them and stuff like that but they are a, a decent side to watch um, uh, you know they, they play the game in the right way they they keep it on the deck and they knock it about and um, I so I, I do like watching them um, and the other side I suppose that maybe is slipping under the radar a wee bit that I think they're sitting in six just now Dundonald. Um, so although they're sitting in sixth position, they're actually the highest scorers in the league. You know, they're um, they are a team that, that score a lot of goals. Um, they just didn't seem to be able to turn that into results. Uh, but you know, everybody wants to go and see a team that scores a lot of goals. So I think Dundonald's are always quite an interesting side to watch as well. Yeah, Genefield, they're a team that you know they were one that I, I really had my eye on at the beginning of the. The season with this new East Day Scotland Premier, and I sort of wrote them off a bit too early. But when you go back and you have a look, I mean, they played, they played Hillebeath, Bonesh, Trenent, Pennycook, and four of their first five games. So it was always it was always going to be a, you know, a tough start to their season there. But they're on a, a decent bit of a run. They've obviously just got Chris Dodds in from Kelty, um, who was at you know playing playing at Genefield previously, which is only going to, I think, add a bit of strength to their side as well. So. I think that's a team that's going to continue to, to climb up the league as, as sorry, the season goes on, I suppose. And yeah, I think Dundonald, um, they're starting to rack up a few goals now as well. Um, again, they were a side that were a wee bit quieter early on in the season, but they've got a wee bit of momentum going behind them now. So, aye, two very interesting sides. I think you're spot on there for the West of Scotland to join into the pyramids. How do you think that's going to impact East of Scotland? I've not seen an awful lot of those uh, those sides. I only really get to see them firsthand if they come over to this neck of the woods. Um, but I mean, we all know the big names across there. That there's some real, real good sides over there that would be um, a good addition to 
to any of the leagues, really. You know, there's there's a lot of teams over there that could easily compete in League Two and maybe even higher. Um, and I understand that there's there's some of them who would like to keep their junior status because you know it's their heritage and their history and they're proud of that. And that's cool. I'm I'm absolutely um, I absolutely respect that. If that's what they want to do, stay stay in the junior setup, then that's fine. But there are teams I'm quite sure who would like to see a route into league football. Um, and if that's what if that's what they want to do, I, I think it's pretty much impossible for them to stand in their way um, forever. So I, I can't see that it's not going to happen at some point. To be perfectly honest, and and like I say, whether it, whether they get into the uh, tier six or tier five or whatever, I, I think any one of those sides would be uh, would be instantly competitive. Uh, with, with a lot of the sides that, that you and I see in week in and week out, Sean. There's a lot of pride in in the the juniors' heritage there, but I think for the the bigger picture, I suppose it's it's where the ceiling is, and you know, playing the junior sides week in week out, it's brilliant, especially considering it is such a competitive league. But you know, there's a bunch of teams out there that that they don't play, and there's a bunch of teams that don't get to play the junior teams um, competitively across the leagues and I suppose for, for me that's where I would love to see it all come together and all join up and so that we can see essentially the best of the juniors face off against the, the best of the lowland you know um, the best of the east of Scotland just to try to make a, a sort of route towards yeah that SPFL2 sort of spot um, so yeah I'm all for it as well totally, totally agree with you there I know it looks like there's a, a bit of an impasse at the minute and um I'm I'm sure they they will get a resolution somehow, but I, I think you you just got to look back to what was it three seasons ago when when Kelty were the first ones to kind of stick their heads up from the the East Region Juniors, um, and you know there there was a few comments made about that at the time, uh, but it was very quickly followed by the mass exodus from the the East Region Juniors, so. Maybe it's going to take one of the big names over in the West to to just bite the bullet and go for it, and you might find that that opens the floodgates then for for the, any of the other sides um, who who are keen to make it into into league football. Um, and and I've got to say, I, I think the the way the East of Scotland League accommodated um, the the massive applications that they got in a really quite a short period of time the way they reacted to that and they did the the league reconstruction with the with the three conferences i think the job they did in a very short period of time has to be has to be a, a huge credit to them so it just shows that um if everybody's pulling in the same direction it is possible yeah absolutely ah, it's definitely commendable and and this sort of finished product for east of scotland this premier division um yeah, it's fantastic and it's it's worked around, but the, the walk around with the three conferences and how this sort of develops as as the, the years go by, it's, it's some fantastic work for those guys, um which, you know, it's only gonna support all these players and clubs uh, progress essentially, which I suppose is the end game, so really good to see. Um I suppose uh, before we wrap up, I've got to ask you, sorry, for for a bit of prediction. How how do you see the, the East of Scotland finishing up at the end of the season then we've got Hillaby who are they're three games off the, the pace and they're ten points behind. If we were to give them the benefit of the doubt with with three wins there, 
it put them, you know, pretty much neck and neck with Bonesh. Who do you think's got the that extra little bit to to finish off the the season and and potentially gain promotion in the Lowland League? When I knew I was coming on, I did a wee bit of sums and and uh, I I kind of I done some calculations from where they are just now to to where they could be. So if um, if Bonesh were to win every game between now and the end of the season, and that's a big if, let's not kid ourselves. A lot a lot of things can happen. Uh, and and the Hawes were to do the same, then Bowness would finish on seventy six points, and Hillebeath would finish on seventy five. So yeah, that, that's how tight it is. Um, and I think Trenent are probably no too far behind. The the thing for Trenent is they've still got to play Hillebeath twice, and they've still got to play Bowness once. So and and it's all within a really short period of time as well. I think it's only about three weeks or four weeks they've got to play those three games. So, you know, that, that'll be a big ask. It's a big ask for, for all the sides, to be honest, but that, I think that'll, that'll probably uh, separate the men for the boys, those games. Um, I, I think, I, I do like Hillebeath the way they play. I, I, know, I know I'll get a bit of stick for this at Kelly. Um, I think John Mitchell's got them playing well, got them playing to their strengths and and they are a young side, they've, they've got a bit of pace in the team. Um, but the thing with Bonesa that I think that, 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 that marks them a wee bit different is they've got a couple of players on their side with, with Lowland League experience. Guys that that you and I all know, like say Ian Nimmo and Brian Ritchie. Um, they've got Craig Comrie and Ryan Adamson. They've all played in the Lowland League uh, in the last couple of seasons. So... Maybe just that extra wee bit of experience at a, a slightly higher level is maybe just the difference between those two sides. But there's not going to be much in it. I think it's going to be uh, nip and tuck right to the very end. Mm, absolutely. I think uh, if you know if Bonesh do manage to do that, uh, they've got the the head to head with the two wins over Hillebeath as well. So they'll probably be able, you know, if they do pip uh, Hillebeath to at the end, they're, they're going to be able to put a little bit of credit to to those two two fixtures that they've already played I suppose so I want to th- first of all obviously thank um, thank yourself for, for coming on to hear we a wee chat about this for for myself and for the listeners to, to give us a wee hand there thank you very much for, for coming on today you're welcome thanks for listening